So we're starting a brand new series. We're going to be starting it next week. It's on the book of Romans. If you've ever read the book of Romans, we're going to be in Romans from next week to the very end of the year. So we're going to be in this book. And Paul doesn't really hold any punches when it comes to Romans. It's really straightforward and uh, can come across with like a lot of vibrancy and can feel like a lot of weight in that book. Um, but what I wanted to do today is prepare our hearts for the, the rest of the year. And so I just wanted to give you a message on, on your heart today. So when we jump into the book of Romans, it's like, okay, God, we're, our hearts are prepared. We're ready to go. And um, one way to prepare our hearts is, is for let no one to lose heart. To lose heart. Let no one lose heart. When, when we're pursuing something, when we're moving forward, let us not lose heart in that. Let us not lose heart in moving closer to Jesus. But our hearts would continuously grow. And that's what that book of Romans will, will definitely do. It's going to grow us closer to Jesus. But I want to share a message called, Let No One Lose Heart. At different times, we're, we're faced with gigantic mountains in front of us or the odds are stacked up against us, it feels like. And um, you just say, sometimes I, can't, I quit. I can't do this anymore. Has anybody ever been there? I, I know uh, I used to sell Dodge cars. Nothing against Dodge, but I don't really like them. And I was selling them. <laughs> and so I took a lunch break and uh, never came back. <laughs> Where's that Neil guy who trained them? Uh, he's still at lunch. That was about 20 years ago, so they're still looking for me. But sometimes we just quit. Or maybe even a more subtle way of quitting is just not putting forth the effort that it takes to win anymore. Just kind of going through life with in the motions, but not really like working towards winning. I'd like to share a passage from the book of Solomon, or Samuel, I'm sorry, where David and Goliath, you guys ever heard the story of David and Goliath? A lot of you that ran the Bix yesterday, that Brady Street Hill, that was your Goliath. You have David and Goliath, and word got out that there's this Philistine that actually he's a nine-foot-tall guy, and he said if anybody comes to him and fights him and wins the battle, then it'll save everybody from fighting and so you just got to go and fight the Philistines. So the Israelites lined up in the middle of a valley, and the Philistines are on one side of the valley, Israelites are on the other side, and Goliath stood at the very front of them and said, challenged anybody to come fight him. Well, David was actually bringing some grain to his brothers and some bread to encourage him because his brothers served in the military. And he shows up, and he sees this gigantic Philistine. And he's like, what's going on? Well, this guy says, if you fight him, then you win the war. And David says, I'll fight him. Well, David is a 14, 15-year-old kid. He's saying, I'll go and fight this nine-foot guy. And so here's a passage in 1 Samuel 17, 31. It says, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, who was the king of the Israelites. And he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. 
Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Let no man's heart fail because of him, because of the mountain in front of you. Everybody else wanted to quit. They're ready to go home, and some of them had. They had turned away, and they just went back home to their land. But David sees this gigantic mountain in front of him, this this fight, this battle, and says, let no one's heart fail because of that. I'll go and fight them. Let me actually say that in the way that David would say that. Let no man's heart fail because of him. He's a 15-year-old kid. (laughs) That's how you talk when you're 15, right? Could you imagine all these warriors, like, (laughs) in their armor, ready to fight the battle and just standing there and waiting, and then David comes and says, Where's your heart? What? A Philistine? Oh, he's nightfall. Who cares? We have God on our side. Let your heart not fail. Sometimes my heart fails. Especially when I play golf. I hit more balls into the woods than I do playing golf you know it costs so much money I've added it up I spend more money on balls than I do playing golf and what happens when your heart starts to fail in golf is you just turn it into you just stop trying don't you you just stop trying to win you're just hitting balls in the woods I turn it into happy Gilmore you know and try to run up on the ball act like I don't care really I'm frustrated Heart fails. And you see it in sports a lot of times, don't you? When one team is just killing the other team, what happens to that team that's really getting beat up? They just start shooting outside. They're, you know, football teams. You don't even need to know the score. You can read people's faces who's winning in sports, can't you? Have you ever been on that team? (laughs) You start picking on each other because, like, you're losing and it's your fault. But David says, let no one's heart fail. So that's sports, but it happens a lot more in life, doesn't it? In our marriage. In a relationship. In our job. In our church. In our faith. Our heart starts to fail because we start dealing with stuff that, man, this is not going as planned. I'm so disappointed right now. I'm so broken up. Where are you, God? This didn't work out the way that I expected. Unmet expectations is a great opportunity for our heart to fail, isn't it? But David says, let no one's heart fail. The cool part about the Bible is you have the Old Testament, and then you have the New Testament. In the New Testament, Paul says the same exact words. And so a lot of times when something's repeated in the Old Testament and then repeated in the New Testament, you need to listen up. And so let's look at Paul, because Paul says the same thing. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Paul says to the church, therefore, we do not lose heart. He says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17, For our light affliction, which is but a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. 
So if we dissect this verse, as Paul says, we do not lose heart, then he gives us an, an opportunity to look at why don't we lose heart? He says, because of our light affliction is but a moment. So Paul's light affliction, have you ever read the Gospels? Have you ever read the book of Acts? Have you ever read Philippians, Galatians? Paul's light affliction, Paul's light affliction. He says he's persecuted. Paul was stoned. He was actually like out to sea in his ship. He was shipwrecked. Paul's light affliction, he was beaten five times with 39 lashes in front of an entire city. His friends abandoned him. Everyone abandoned him. He was locked in jail. His light affliction. Does it sound like light affliction to you? Sounds like a good opportunity to go ahead and just lose heart. This is not working out. There are way too many obstacles. This is way too hard. But Paul says our light affliction is but a moment. This is a perception that Paul has. It's a new perspective that we could all take hold of. How can Paul call that light affliction? How can he keep not losing heart? How can he keep his heart in the game? It's because of his perspective. He says they're but a moment. Have you ever been in a situation where it feels like everything just crashed? Like you, you know, a relationship comes to an end. Like, that's it. That was my world. You get fired from a job. I just leave at lunch so they can't fire me. <laughs> I wasn't any good. I'm a horrible car salesman. Thank God for Marketplace. But it feels like the world just crashed around you. What Paul says is that that affliction, what you're walking through, is going to be but a moment in your lifetime. It's a moment. It's a, it's a little piece of time. And so it's not time to throw in the towel because something happens that's really stretching or really hurts. It's actually time to remember this is just a little moment of time. He says affliction is a moment of time. There's a Christian comedian, that's Mark Lowry, that says, and it came to pass, is actually his favorite verse from the Bible. And it came to pass. It happened. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to be in the past. And it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. So the number one way that we can continue to not lose heart is to remember that afflictions are but a moment. They're but a moment. The second way is this, is he says that, but a moment and it's working for us. Paul's perspective is that these afflictions, the things that we walk through, those gigantic Goliaths in our life are actually working for us so that we start to trust God more. He's actually going to bring us closer and closer to Jesus. That when we're facing something that is too big for us, we're going to have to rely on God. And that was the intention to draw us closer to him. You know, Jesus is so insanely passionate about a relationship with you. And he uses every opportunity he can to just pull you closer to him. It's working for us. It's working in us. You realize that it's not you that can accomplish this, but it's Jesus that can accomplish this. 
And sometimes we got to get our focus off of our own abilities so that we can start focusing on Jesus' ability. He can do all things. He's a God of miracles. So it's working for us. That's hard, isn't it? To think when we're walking through something, when we're ready to lose heart, to remember, no, this is working for me. Like God's actually building strength in me. He's drawing me closer to him. So we have to have a good perspective of who God is. Bill Johnson is somebody that I really look up to. He's a pastor of Bethel in Redding, California. And he's a, he's a, a pastor that, you know, believes a lot of the same stuff that we believe, that God can heal and God, you know, can um, do miracles. And Bill Johnson just lost his wife. He had the whole entire world praying for him. I mean, they have influence all over the place. And so everybody's praying for her. She, she passed away with cancer. And he got up and preached a message three days later. And so I'm like, I want to listen. I need to tune in. And what he said in his message just stuck home with me, and I hope it hits home with you, as he said this. He said, God is not a coin machine that I make a deposit and I always get what I want. God is not a coin machine where I just make a deposit and I always get what I want. He said, I don't want to be the one that critiques God. He doesn't work for me. I work for him. <laughs> he said, yes, he's my friend, but he's also my Lord. And so he repurposed his entire walk in this journey of losing his wife to God is doing amazing stuff in me. And he's going to use all of this to actually draw me closer to him. That's a perspective that we need, isn't it? Whatever's in front of us, when it feels like we lost the battle, that we're able to say, you know what, God, I see that you're just drawing my heart closer to you. This was Paul's perspective. So the first way that we don't lose heart is... Remember, it's just for a moment. The second way is we remember God is doing something in us. He's working in us. And the third way is this. Is we focus our eyes on Jesus. We focus our eyes on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10 or Hebrews 12, uh, 2 says this. says it somewhere. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we want to focus all of our attention on the Goliath, take your focus off of the Goliath and point your focus to the, to the heavens, to Jesus. Take your focus. Sometimes we scope in and hyper-focus on the obstacle, don't we? And so if we look to Jesus, that obstacle seems much smaller because we're in it with him. But when you look at an obstacle, maybe it's finances, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a job, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just life. And we look at that obstacle and we just hyper-focus on it. 
We're completely forgetting this God that is much bigger than any obstacle in front of us. I learned in punching, um, so I don't know how to golf, but I know how to punch. And I learned in punching that you don't want to punch your, I don't know how to punch. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a boxer, not an MMA fighter or anything. So don't fight me after church. So, but I learned that you don't want to punch a, you don't want to punch what's in front of you. You actually want to punch what's behind it. Because then you have momentum to keep going through it. And so when David saw Goliath, he wasn't looking at the gigantic giant in front of him. He was looking at what God's going to do beyond the giant. He was looking at what, what the outcome of all of this was going to be. He didn't hyper-focus on this Goliath guy. He instantly started talking about God. Well, my God's bigger than Goliath. And by the, and by the power of the Lord, I'm going to actually move this Goliath out of the way. And so instead of focusing on what's in front of us as a challenge or an obstacle, we can actually focus on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So not only did he write your faith, not only did he write your story, but he's also the God that's going to finish it. And that's what I love about Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? That like God doesn't just start something and, and, you know, and just kind of walk away from it and just leave us on our own. No, he's going to finish what he starts. He's the author and he's also the finisher. He's going to work through whatever's in front of us. So three ways that you can not lose heart. And you can keep going and keep your heart in. The first way is to remember that it's just a moment. It's just a moment of your time. This is just a season. There's good things on the other side. The second way is God's working in you. The third way is put your focus on Jesus instead of the obstacle. Obstacle seems way smaller when our focus is on Jesus Christ. And one of the best ways to do that, guys, is to worship him. One of the best ways to point your focus on Jesus is is to just worship him and just surrender. Just say, God, you know what? I, I can't do this on my own, which was never the intention, was it? I want to close with a, a passage that Sherry shared last week that I thought was so important. Sherry spoke last week, and, and she had this passage about the abundance of, of life that we get from Jesus Christ and, and living in his glory and his walk and, and the things that he does in us. And like it never runs out where, where there's always more. And she shared that. But the beginning of the passage was the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Would you say that with me? Steal kill and destroy. Say that one more time. Steal, kill, and destroy. Like, when are we going to learn that that's true? When are we going to give credit where credit's due? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and it's an attack on the church. He's not coming to steal, kill, and destroy people that already follow him. He comes to destroy the vision that God's given you, the dreams that God's given you, the plans that God has for your life. He's come to destroy them. Like, when are we going to learn that that's what he wants to do and give our perspective and our focus on the right thing instead of taking offense from people? 
Can I get an amen? Because that is his plan for your life. And so I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like a lot of us lose heart and we're just getting beat up. And our perspective is like, man, I, I, I start following Jesus and I'm just getting beat up all the time. Well, you have a real life enemy and he's came to steal, kill and destroy anything that is good in your life. He wants you out of the game. He doesn't want you to have faith in Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you believing the stuff of the Bible. And so he puts confusion in there and, and starts to fill our heads with that type of stuff. And so church, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't do it. Anything that you're ready, that is really good in your life, that you're ready to just throw the towel in on, don't lose heart today. Keep going. Keep pursuing God. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it just doesn't, it's not working out the way that I thought it was going to. Don't lose heart today. Keep pursuing the Lord. I think the number one attack that the enemy has been using is our faith. He's just been attacking our faith. If you're ready to like kind of, eh, you know what, I'm just going to take a back seat on this whole faith in Jesus stuff. Don't lose heart today. Put your faith in him one more time. Believe in him one more time. Put your heart on the line and say, you know what? I'm going to pursue you no matter what. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to continue what you've called me to. I'm just going to keep pursuing you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you one more time. Don't lose heart. Did anybody need to hear that today? Go ahead and raise your hand if you would. Very cool. Good. That's for you. That's for you. Keep going. Keep going. I'd love for us to do is just to end with, with a song and just worship God. I'm going to have uh, some of the team come up. We're just going to end with the, the second song that we sang. Just talks about, in the bridge of it, just talks about how God repurposes things that, you know, maybe there are Goliaths in our life and maybe there are opportunities that we felt like we were going to lose heart and God's going to repurpose that and actually grow us and bring us new life through that, through obstacles, through times that are really tough. And so I just invite you to just sing this from your heart today. And I just feel like the Lord's just going to fill you up with strength and power like you've never received before. If you've been trying really hard on your own, Jesus is uh, ready to take that wheel and go ahead and drive it. Jesus, take the wheel, right? If you've been trying really hard, I just really feel like the Lord is just saying, you know what? That's good. I, you know, I got it from here. I got you. And so would you just stand up with me? I just want to invite you, if you, um,
Maybe you've really searched, like this, like this song says, like I've searched the world. You know, like you've searched everywhere, but you don't know Jesus Christ today. It's a very, very good start. Today's a great day to start following Jesus. And so I just invite you to put your heart on the line to say, Jesus, come into my heart and fill me with your love. I surrender my life to you. And just do that. Just do that. Take this opportunity. Don't wait for tomorrow. We're not guaranteed. Do it today. Put your heart on the line. Just say, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. And as we sing this song, I just invite you to do that as we sing these words. But then also just invite you, if, if you just need strength and power, just put out your hands. Just keep going with what God's got for you, with, with where he's leading you, the, the things that may be seem too big for you right now, that just go ahead and surrender them and let them replace, let him replace whatever seems too big for you with his power and his presence today. Would you just do that? Let's just pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for the plans that you have for us this morning, that you brought all of us here, that there's power when uh, we, we gather together and just worship you. And so, Lord, as we just surrender our hearts to you, as we just say, Jesus, we can't do this on our own, and would you fill our hearts up with, with, um, with your strength today? Lord, would you just come and meet us in that place? Meet us right here in the middle of this, in the middle of this time. Every way. Let's just start from the beginning of that. I searched the world.